Someone who makes your brain so fogged up should not be in your life. It's a powerful statement and it's easier said than done. I know because if it's fogged, how do you know that you're being fogged? Because it's fogged. Deep into the depths of the deep, dark, cloudy mist or the deep, dark ocean. Welcome back to the Empath and Narcissist podcast, where I share messages about spiritual healing from narcissistic abuse with human design. Because I believe your karmic experience has awakened you to your authentic soul. And all you need is the map to call your power back. If you're new here, I am your host, Raven Scott. I am an author and a trauma-informed human design reader. Oh my gosh, the memories that I have, what the narcissist guilted me into doing in my past, it's insane. And I I made those bad decisions. Yes, I did make those bad decisions, but I was feeling guilted into because I was trained if I didn't do it and I didn't please him, I'm an hours already natural people pleaser, then I would be punished. I would be unloved. I would be given the silent treatment. I would be shunned. And that cuts to the core of our social survival within us. We don't want to be cut off by the people who are supposed to be loving us and who love us and support us. And the memories of those times are so painful. And the things that I did with a narcissist are deeply regretful. I made bad choices in my life. Uh, In human design, I have uh, the profile six. So the profile line six, the role model, be in their early parts of their life up until their 30s, you have the same profile energy as the common denominator, the three line, the experiences, the why is it me? Why is it so difficult? Keep you making the wrong choices. This is part of the process, this is part of the progress. And it led me to a point of despair that I wanted to give up living. I didn't want to continue on in this pattern and cycle. So for some reason, some odd reason, and this is common amongst profile sixes, is you just don't want to go on in this life. You just want to give up versus just getting out of that toxic situation you were in. But narcissists do this to us as well. No matter what your profile is, they make you feel so so much despair, so much anger, more so despair. The anger comes after you leave. So much giving up and just loss, hopelessness. I'm going to read you a list of the feelings and the negative kind of lower vibration energies that our brain goes through when we are with the narcissist. And no one should ever experience this, by the way. But unfortunately, there are a number of us that do. It is truly a dark entity in the world, I feel, that attaches themselves to this person. But the narcissist fogs up your brain. They mix all your wires up in your brain, and you don't even know how to make good decisions anymore. I was the same way until I experienced my spiritual awakening I saw the dark mist and the dark entity and the dark vortex, and I found my way out 
after, thankfully, my attempt at ending my life failed, I then was like, okay, well, it wasn't a strong enough urge to try again. Thank, 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 thank the Lord and thank goddess and the universe and the spirit guides and the angels supporting me through that really dark time. But through my spiritual awakening, I discovered that there was a spiritual world outside of the construct of uh, religiosity. There was meditation. There was shadow work. I went through all of that. I found astrology. I found human design. And I truly found that flashlight that helped me see in the dark. And it revealed all these affirmations. That's why I talk about human design here. It revealed all the affirmations. It revealed my superpowers. It revealed my vulnerabilities. It revealed where I was conditioned. And it revealed to me my life's purpose and my profile, right? My, my personality type, um, my theme. And it was truly remarkable to gain that empowerment. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we get into that, let me read you through the list of everything that the narcissist your brain is on while you're with a narcissist. So the list of negative emotions and feelings that your brain has on the narcissist are these. Fear, doubt, confusion, delusion, sadness, despair, panic, shame, and guilt. And no amount of love is going to fix the person who is making you feel all these things because they are fixed. They are not willing to change in their actions. They push back against that emotional growth. And I truly believe human design can help you shift out of all these negative emotions and into your divine soul self and into the higher vibrations that's going to shift you from lack to abundance, from victim, survivor, thriver. And it's going to help you shift out of this cycle, right? It's going to make you aware and realize what areas do you need to rewrite those mirror neurons that have been occurring within yourself to just automatically accept all of this abuse or automatically be a people pleaser or automatically be someone who rushes into things. All of these there's a map in the human design that shares with you all of this. So let's just discuss a bit about the science behind the brain fog, and then I'm going to shift into human design. We're balancing the two. So the brain fog from being gaslit by being manipulated by the narcissist, it's a state of mental confusion, and you have difficulty concentrating you have really difficult uh, sleep patterns. You don't sleep well or the narcissist is keeping you up and you have memory problems. This doesn't just go away uh, automatically. This is something you have to heal over a time because of the chronic stress. The memory problems I 100% can relate to. I still have a hard time remembering things. But I've been exercising my, my mind through different um, mind puzzles, by learning another language, by focusing and meditating, doing yoga. All these things help me remember. 
what I've done so I don't have brain fog. You know, I would, I would organize and I would put stuff away and I would be doing it under this trauma stress response. So my brain literally was fogged while I was doing it, but it also was giving me this dopamine hit. And then afterwards, my husband would ask me, where is this thing? And it was a really important thing to him and I think mostly to in general. And they'd be like, I don't remember where I put it, but I remember organizing it. And so I would go to the place where it used to be that would bother me, the old place, and it wouldn't be there. And I'd be like, crap. And then I would beat myself up about it because I'm like, now I just lost something really important because I was trying to do a good thing. I was cleaning, but I was cleaning out of stress and that survivor response, not for what was happening currently in my life, but because I was under this stress of bringing up all of these different things in my healing process and then the stress of having toddlers around me while I'm healing it was a lot so for me like I just cleaned (laughs) when I was stressed so research suggests that chronic stress which is often a result of narcissistic abuse because you're constantly in fight or flight you're constantly walking on eggshells making sure you don't Um, ignite another bomb and then the narcissist gets hurt and then they lash out at you and then they gaslight you and then there's this this whole this stress cycle it's so stressful you don't know what's going to trigger them that's the problem is you have no idea what is going to trigger but this leads to your brain structure actually changing Your brain, I don't know if you know this, I didn't know this when I was healing and even years after I healed and after I realized I was with a narcissist, this is why I had such memory loss as well in during those times and in my childhood is that the stress affects your brain structure and function, particularly in the areas related to memory and cognition. So this could also be why the narcissist then calls you stupid, you're dumb, I can't believe you did that. So they, they call out your mistakes because your brain cognition is not performing at a high level. It is ill, it is chronically stressed, and it is not going to be performing at its peak. So then you start to feel guilty and sad and bad about how you're not as smart as you used to be when you first met them. But it's all due to this chronic stress narcissistic abuse and dealing with this trigger happy person who's constantly putting stuff onto you and making you the problem in the relationship. Studies have shown that prolonged exposure to stress hormones such as cortisol can impair the formation of new neurons in the hippocampus, a brain region crucial for memory and learning, leading to symptoms of brain fog. And this brain fog just doesn't immediately go away, just like maybe your chronic illness in your body just doesn't 100% immediately go away after you leave. It does, but there's just a little bit of a remnant that remains that you have to then build those brain neurons back up, which is a good thing, I think, because it's like a muscle, just like your emotional muscle. Everything can be built back up. It just needs time and patience. So be gentle with yourself, have compassion for yourself and and give it the patience and give it that discipline to build it back up. What are my favorite things to do that build my brain back up and to calm my brain and nervous system? Number one is meditation. 
it really is a, a crucial practice into rebuilding those brain or neurons, the brain cells back up and to eliminate the dark matter out of your brain that the stress of narcissistic abuse has caused. Number two is yoga. I really find that you could do either one, but the meditation, if you're meditating through the yoga, if you're doing something like power yoga or speed yoga, that's, you know, or, or things like that, it's more of a body movement that helps wring out all of the negative toxins in your body, which is good. But if you're not in Shavasana long enough after, it doesn't give you that brain calmness. So that's something to be aware of. Like what kind of yoga are you not taking time in Shavasana? Make sure you do that. That's the, the essentially the laying down at the end of the exercise, that's Shavasana. And then my third way that I love to build up my brain is to read books, right? Gain awareness, strengthen your, your vocabulary and yeah, and your, to build up your brain's function again. I'm sure you may have read a lot when you were with a narcissist because you're trying to figure it out. Um, but read something that is more stimulating, something new, something different, something non-self-developmental because now that's still keeping you in this space of like trying to fix the relationship. Something of an adventure or a biography or a fiction or a novel or, you know, something like that. I really poured myself into the Outlander series. I loved that. That was such a great um, escape. And I'm like so obsessed with Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. Love that. I love that book series. Maybe that's my profile too. I'm all about the woo. I'm all about time travel. I'm all about romance. I'm all about where they picked herbs. Like she was an herbal, she was a healer. So she picked herbs and used herbs. And my, my hermit too, profile line too is just like eating all that up. Back to the other um, brain exercise practices that I love to do is some type of word exercise like Wordle or Wordscapes. Those are great to build your brain. And I also started learning a new language because my husband is uh, Vietnamese and I wanted to be able to have my daughter speak it. I then started to learn Vietnamese, which was interesting because I learned Spanish when I was younger. And so when I was trying to retrieve a Vietnamese word, the Spanish word would come to my head. And so it's really cool that your brain starts to gather all this information again and you could easily learn that third language. So getting into the human design aspect of this, the brain fog, I wanted to address the head center because we're talking about the brain and the ideas and the area of your chart that revolves around processing information. So we're going to cover the two triangles on the top of your body graph in the human design. So the top one is a triangle pointing up. That's the head center. That's uh, the crown chakra center. That is where ideas and information pour in to your head uh, from source, from other people, from all that. And then the ashna, I can't do this, let me see, is the triangle pointing down just below that pushing the pressure down into the throat. So the ashna is related um, to the third eye. It also is your cognitive conceptualizing of these ideas that have come in. It's pressuring and it's like putting things in order. Like how does this get done? How does this, how can this actually manifest? How do we make this into a concept? It's where abstract ideas become conceptual, become reality. 
So when you have these open, let's first discuss if you have these white, that means that it's open. That means you're amplifying ideas and concepts in a variety of ways from a variety of people. You have a flood of ideas because you are amplifying, you are receiving from the energies of those who have it defined in your sphere. They're just like constantly having these ideas and the energy is going out and you are receiving them in kind of like a sponge. So when you're with a narcissist, this is not a good center to have open, <laughs> to be honest, because you are receiving these thoughts. You are obsessing and amplifying these negative thoughts and energies that they are projecting out to you, that they are saying to you to keep you down. So sometimes also it's not just thoughts, it's actual words spoken to you that you then start to think about and conceptualize and process. Now I did this too. I have a defined head in Ashna and I also did this. I also obsessed over the concepts. So sometimes it's hard with narcissism to, to put things in a box and be like, well, only the people who have a white open center are conditioned by the narcissist. This then proves a point that if you have a condition, um, a defined center where they're colored in and you have a consistent way of receiving ideas, you have a consistent way of processing things, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be um, conditioned or persuaded into someone else's ideas. This just means that now, Whoever has the more dominant agenda, the more dominant ideas, which is going to be the narcissist because that's what their tactic is, is to dominate and to control, then they can also condition your defined centers. So I, there is this discussion that this is possible. Yes, you have a defined center. You can also be defined or you can be conditioned by another stronger defined center. So what you do is you take the information that the narcissist is telling you, like you're so dumb, you're so, you have bad, you're always forgetful, you know, I can't believe you're always doing this. So you also absorb that and you also consistently think, how can I fix this? How can I change? Versus someone who has it open is absorbing it. You may be obsessing more about it, or maybe you're both obsessing at the same time. I really, I don't have evidence to how much we're obsessing over this. From my ex personal experience as with a defined head in Ajna, that's all I was thinking about is how to fix a relationship. And then when it was fine, I would not really obsess over it. I'd be like, oh, thank God, it's fine. And then a problem would arise and be like, okay, how do we fix this? But it was always a consistent way that my brain was thinking about how to fix it. And there was always a consistent way <laughs> that we would go out on these walks and I would ask these questions like, well, what went wrong? How can we fix this? And then he would take all these weird abstract ideas and just kind of like talk them and talk them to death. And my brain couldn't track what he was saying. So it took a long time for this conversation to occur. So I'd be like, yeah, but what about this? And yeah, but what about that? And then he would find a way to answer it and prove his point. And you know why it never stuck? Because he never worked on anything himself. It never stuck because it actually didn't make sense. There was no solution in his explanation. There was just an explanation. And then there was some type of takeaway where I'd be like, okay, I'll try that. And it was always, okay, I'll try that. 
And so for me with the defined head and ajna, this thought pattern of how to fix it, it was like a recurring record player over and over the same song, the same thing, the same dance, the same problem, the same solution, the same, you know, thing to the solution. And I can't remember, I'd have to go back to his chart, but I think he also had a defined head and ajna, right? So both being defined, there's going to be this consistency of a broken record. With it being an open head and an open ajna, you're more open to different solutions. So you may come at the problem with lots of different angles. With a narcissist, you'll never get a solution. The angle, this angle, you know, it's like, it's almost like, okay, well, come at it from this angle. We'll try this. Doesn't happen. Okay, we'll try this. Doesn't happen. Okay, we'll try this. It fails. All these different angles are just going to make you also go insane because no matter what you try, no matter what angle you come at it from, there's no fixing it because you cannot fix what does not want to be fixed. You cannot fix a relationship if one person's invested and the other person doesn't want to invest in changing. So this is really the problem with that relationship and you trying to work and fix on it. Whatever angle you come at it with your open head, open ajna, it's not going to, you can't, you're stuck. So, so all that to say, the brain fog of the narcissist is real. The science behind the brain fog affecting your brain's function is real. And the energetics of how you're trying to approach the solution, either through a defined head center or a, an open head center, is also a real struggle. And what the solution for you here, your takeaway, is to bring awareness to this. Are you working so hard to fix it that you are obsessing over it? Are you experiencing these negative emotions in your brain like fear? Here, let me give you an example. When I was with a narcissist, my fear was that I would never be loved by anyone else. And he made sure that that fear was truth. And he told me, no one else is going to love you like I do. That happens. So are you allowing that fear to take over? Or can you let go of that fear and step into your bravery? When I finally didn't care about that fear anymore, I said, I would rather be in crazy, taboo, lonely old hag who no one loved with lots of cats. I don't know why I envision myself with lots of cats. Then be dealing with this just craziness. I called it craziness, but it was abuse anymore in my life. And that was around my Saturn return where Saturn, the lovely responsible planet said, wake up. What are you doing with your life? You're wasting your time here. And the fear can be amplified if you have a white spleen center, that triangle at the bottom of your body graph that's pointing to the left if you're looking at the paper. If you have that open, that means that they're, you're amplifying the fear. It feels intense in you. So you'd rather stay with someone who is comfortable, like a, a comfortable enemy, like 
the devil, the, the hell, whatever that comfortable hell is, you'd rather stay with that than push through that fear and discover what's on the other side. Because that fear is so intense in your body. But you have to know that I'm not going to die. I'm just going to adventure out into my own. I'm going to adventure out into other new relationships. And I'm, I'm not going to die. Like, there's no literal threat here. So let's just try it. Push through and you will find the reward on the other side. I have a defined spleen and I still have that consistent fear. And if you have those fears circled, there's different gates to find. Fear of the future I have defined. Then that's a consistent fear within you. And the narcissist just feeds the fire of that fear. Uh, the other thing, if you're experiencing doubt or confusion, right? The brain fog, hopelessness, all of these things, you don't have to feel anymore. And I just want to say that if you're feeling these in a relationship, then that relationship is not healthy. And you need to find a safe space to work on yourself, to potentially work on the relationship. And then, of course, once you do that, the litmus test will show you if they are a narcissist and you need to not work on that relationship anymore and just focus on, on you, work on healing you. So in conclusion, narcissistic abuse can have profound effects on your brain, leading to symptoms such as brain fog, negative emotions, and obsessive thoughts. By understanding the science and the energetics behind the effects and taking proactive steps to distance yourself, freeing yourself, healing yourself, and recovering, you can gain control of your life and move forward on the path to healing. And I truly believe human design is a powerful self-development tool that can help you on that path to healing because it helps you strengthen your emotional intelligence. It gives you self-discovery and awareness, and it helps you gain that affirmation of who you truly are. And you can dispel all of the lies that the narcissist has been pouring into you, and you can find your authentic soul self. And if you want to learn more about human design in your chart, you can grab your free chart in the link in the description in the show notes. And if you want to learn what does your chart say, you can grab a free discovery call with me and I can explain it a little bit for you in 30 minutes. And also you can have your chart thoroughly read by me. And if you're not quite sure about this and you want to just do your own homework, I have written a book that helps you take your chart and um, understand what it's saying in the book. It's called Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, a human design guidebook for self-discovery. You can grab that in the link in the description. And thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this podcast episode and being an empath member here in the community. And since this is a brand new book, Baby, and I'm working on getting gathering reviews for its success and thriving launch, if you subscribe and write a review of my book, This Empath Guide to Rising Strong, I will give three lucky subscribers a two-hour human design reading coaching session. It's valued at $500 plus a signed paperback copy of the beautiful workbook. You can grab your free ebook below to review and enter to win. If you have Kindle Unlimited, the book is available for free on Kindle. 
can grab that in the link in the show notes. The infinite vastness of all that is black.